Welcome to this episode of Naked Men Talking, a podcast exploring naturism and the power of getting your clothes off. I'm Gareth Johnson. On today's episode, we're joined by Sean McMurtry, also known as the Exposed Beta. Sean is an advocate of non-sexual social nudity, masturbation, and consensual sexualized nudity. Sean, welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, you describe yourself as having an exposure fetish. What does that mean to you? (laughs) I'm glad you asked what it means to me because the exposure community is wide and vast and I don't fit into like the traditional exposure fetish for most people. So for me, it just means being totally open, um, showing off naked, uh, masturbating naked, but utilizing like my real name and utilizing like proving that I am who I am by showing my IDs and masturbating with them and uh, just being my whole and complete self and like exposing all facets of myself so it just it's a huge turn on for me that's why fetish huge turn on to uh be that open and free and exposed and you said that that's different to perhaps other aspects of the exposure sort of community how does it differ what's different about what's your fetish compared to what some other people might experience so i always say i'm a proud exposer meaning like i'm very happy to like show off who i am and what i am and proud of that uh, a lot of people in the exposure fetish are in it for like humil like humiliation, degradation, that kind of thing. Like somebody superior to them forcing them to be naked, forcing them to be out, forcing somebody to like use their real name and that kind of thing. And like that's not my fetish. It's not about somebody controlling me. Although like having a coach to push me and and you know kind of egg me on is always really good. But I'm not in it like. I'm not humiliated by being naked. I'm not degraded for, you know, being who I am. Like th- those are not things that turn me on and actually are like a huge turnoff, which is difficult when I want to explore my fetish. And that's the predominant thing that's out there. Yeah. Cause it's not a dumb sub kind of dynamic. It's, it's you're in control of your own exposure somehow. Right. It, well that, and like, you know, kind of like giving the, some control up to like a coach. So rather than somebody being uh-huh. dominant, somebody who's like a buddy who understands and supports your fetish and wants to like help you explore your fetish alongside of you. And how did you figure out that this is what really pushed your buttons? When did you start to explore this? So I got onto Bait World a long time ago um, just because I really was into like jerking off masturbation. And that's when Zoom rooms were super popular um, as like jerk off spaces. So there's still some out there, but they're harder to find, but you could find them pretty much anywhere. And so I would go in and jerk off. And those are the days where I was like only showing like chest down and I'd like jerk off quick and then like get off camera. And if anybody was recording it, I wouldn't go into the room and I'd have like a pseudonym, you know, for my name and things like that. And I got into a couple of rooms where guys were like showing their face every now and then to like just show their ID and like, this is who I am. Like I'm a baiter. Like, I am this person and this person is a masturbator. And I was like, that is such a turn on. Like you are so free and you are so authentically you. I want to be more like that. And so like from that day on, I kept just taking every little step, like starting to show more of my face or 
just changing my name to Sean on, on it. And so guys would call me like, Sean, I love your masturbation. I love seeing your penis. And I'd be like, oh, that's a turn on. What if they said my full name? And uh, it's just gone on from there. It's, it's, it's complicated to try and unpack all that, isn't it? But what do you think drew you to that communal masturbation experience that those Zoom rooms provided? Why was that something that excited you? It's sharing something that society says is private. Ah. So it's the same thing with my, you know, masturbation in general or with nudism. Uh-huh. It's the idea that like society tells you certain things should be private. You shouldn't share them or they can only be shared with this like tiny subset of trusted people. And it's this idea of like being your whole self and like you can see all of me and I'm going to share this really intimate like experience with others who are sharing this intimate experience with you. Yeah, yeah. And, and so what was your relationship like with your body growing up? Was getting naked in front of other people something that came naturally to you? No, 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 no. Um, I was uh, both a late bloomer and I was super, super skinny and small growing up. So, like I would never take my shirt off anywhere because I was like a tiny stick figure. I was just like skin and bones. And, you know, I saw all these other guys like take their shirt off. And I was like, well, what are pecs? And what I, I'm just like, <laughs> you can just see rib cage. And that was it. Um, and I didn't hit puberty till about 16. And so um, especially like in gym class, when we had to like go to the showers and stuff, I would see guys with like pubic hair and like, you know, their dicks were big. And, you know, chest hair even or like beards. And I was hairless from the neck down (laughs) and testosterone had not hit my dick yet. And so it was still small. And I was like, what's going on here? Like, why why does everybody look different than I do? So I felt very different. So I would always cover up and hide. And I was I never thought I would be this person when I grew up. That, that was not in the cards for me. And so what happened? What were the steps that you followed to take you from being that inhibited into embracing your body and being happy to share it? So I always, like from the age of like 16, about the same time, I really liked to just be naked on my own. Oh, okay. I would like get naked in the woods by myself. Or, like, I would get, like, naked in my bedroom, like, when my parents were asleep and things like that. Was that a sexual thing for you at that time? Like, was that a sexual release somehow? Or I, You know, I think it was because I kind of miss these days. There were days when I used to, you know, strip naked and I would get hard immediately. Like, every single time. And I was like, well, that's a thrill. That's great. We're, we're way past that now. Naked <laughs> never happened. But it was... Like, there was a sexual component to it, um, but more I just felt like me. I felt like I connected with something that was important. And so what ended up happening is when I started, like, meeting men and, like, having sex and things like that as I got older, men weren't necessarily attracted to me clothed, but they were really attracted to me naked. And I don't know if it was, you know, the penis or my body or what, but, like, I was attractive naked But clothed, I could never, like, nobody would ever, like, connect with me or talk to me or whatever. So, like, I just really found out that I'm super comfortable naked. And I think what attracted people is I was comfortable. Like, I enjoyed being naked. And when I'm clothed, I always think I have something to hide. Like, I'm trying to, like, 
put a persona out there that people will appreciate or like. Yeah, whereas confidence is what's attractive, really, isn't it? So if you're more confident without your clothes, then it's probably something more like that than opposed to just a superficial thing. I think that's exactly what it was. And, you know, experience and, and, you know, passing youth all kind of lead you to that understanding like, oh, back in the day, that was quite what that was. It must have been quite empowering then to sort of make that transition from not being able to get your clothes off in front of other people to gradually realizing that that's when you felt most comfortable and that that was when you felt most yourself. No, I mean, it's amazing. Like, I, I just feel the, the more I can be naked, the more I'm just connected to myself and I understand myself and the more I can be myself, um, you know, because I was bullied as a kid being so skinny. So... I always tried to make myself small and not be seen. And now I'm always like, no, I I want people to see me for who I am. Like, really just see all of me and accept me for that or decide that I'm just not for you. Rather than what I used to do is I will try to change myself so that you will like me. Try and second guess what you might like about me and then be that, which is a million miles from me kind of thing. Exactly. No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Doesn't get you anywhere. No. I want to ask you about your tattoo because it's on display nicely for me here on camera. It's a bold design across your lower abdomen and along the shaft of your penis. It's a it's a Celtic knot, is that right? Or what's the inspiration behind this design? Yeah, it's a Celtic knot. Um, the first tattoo I got was on my ankle. It's also a Celtic knot. And I have Irish origins, so... Celtic. Um, the idea of the Celtic knot just connects to my heritage, but also like the idea of the Celtic knot of being like, this idea of never ending and eternity, the idea of like life, death, rebirth, and all of that that the Celtic knot represents generally. Um, it's that same thing. And it's always like a very positive symbol anytime you see that. And I like to think I'm a positive person. So my tattoo artist and I came up with it. He designed it. Um, and what people don't know is I literally just had it redone and added to um and so you just talked to nick vanillo not too long ago for go naked magazine uh i just submitted an article that'll be in the november issue about how i just added to my tattoo ah so it was a smaller design that's bigger now or nope it's the same design but i had a new tattoo artist add uv ink to it oh wow no way yeah it will look the same in daylight you nobody will ever tell so all the pictures i post online are just gonna look like they did before but under black light, it glows. Wow. Yeah. That's going to be a conversation starter. <laughs> well, I mean, it is anyway. So, <laughs> What's it like getting a tattoo on the actual shaft of your penis? Is that because I've had a tattoo on my shoulder, which is relatively straightforward, but it must be quite a weird sensation having it done on that part of your body, I would have thought. It hurts a lot. Does it? Hurts more than, say, your ankle did. So it's really weird. So I, ju- having just had it, updated two two days ago when I had it's fresh the memory is fresh fresh. Uh, (laughs) the Achilles tendon on my ankle tattoo hurt about as bad as just the upper part of the shaft getting tattooed Uh so the actual penis itself that doesn't hurt so much the pubic area doesn't hurt too much but I'm very very sensitive right where like the penis meets the body like that is the most sensitive part to me and that hurts so much yeah I'm just I'm feeling it myself is it's kind of a weird part of the body where lots of things come together isn't it so yeah i can imagine yeah there's lots of nerve endings there and like i think the only thing more painful would be the actual head of the penis yeah i I don't want to imagine that 
one of the things you do is that you work as a nude model and I was wondering how that links to your exposure fetish kind of does that uh, is that another way of exploring it or does it not have the same sort of thrill I mean it, it can it kind of depends on like the setting and where the pictures end up more than anything else so you know the exposure fetish is kind of like under like a subheading of exhibitionism Ah, what top level exhibitionist right got it right exactly so like as an exhibitionist the part of it that gives me a thrill is the reaction i get ah yeah so you know just you know just having a naked picture really doesn't do anything for me but somebody commenting on the naked picture does Uh that's very thrilling so it it kind of depends on where where it goes but also like where it happens so obviously the more public the venue where i'm like new modeling or the larger the audience, it does become a sexual thrill. But at the same time, it's a lot of work. Like having a photographer like move you and set you and like, I need you to move your arm like two more inches. Yeah, the actual process isn't sexy, but (laughs) especially like it's an erotic shoot. It's like, okay, I need you to move here, I need you to move here, I need you to move here. Okay, well you lost your heart on. Could you like work on that? so many things to think about and i'm like yeah i can't but like now i'm gonna have to move and it's gonna take forever to get that position again <laughs> now you're an advocate for uh non-sexual nudity and i or, and sort of social nudity and, and that's something i've just recently been sort of trying to try and explore a bit and i was wondering what are some of the ways in which you explore that sort of social non-sexual nudity side of things so I've been doing a lot of trips with Go Naked Travels, part of Go Naked Magazine. Um, so I've done Key West uh, trip with them a couple of times. And I've also done the Go Naked Weekend at Oz Campground in Georgia. And both of those are great because, you know, everybody's just going to hang out. You can be naked as much as naked as you want to be, basically. Plus, there are a lot of events that are typically clothed events where you can be naked, which I really enjoy. I love breaking that. So like things like naked shopping we've done. So, you know, going into a store, be able to just strip naked and shop or like a naked dinner. So we went to a whole restaurant, closed it down and we were able to go in and just enjoy dinner naked. And it's, it's great to just be social. And then for me, it takes that barrier down that I'm trying to be somebody else. I'm trying to impress you. uh, And I can just totally be myself because there's nothing to hide you know, physically, and then that connects to me, like, spiritually, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I've done that, and, like, I have some friends locally. Uh, we'll get together for, like, pool parties or dinners or whatever, and uh, sometimes they can be, like, naked, which is great. I always ask. I'm like, can I show up naked or not? And sometimes they're like, yeah, and sometimes like, no, 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 this one's not a naked one. Like, too many people would be uncomfortable. I'm like, <laughs> okay, like, for me, like the ultimate form of acceptance about my social nudity is if I can find a group of guys, or it could be women too, but you know, mostly guys for me, who would be clothed but wouldn't mind if I was naked and wouldn't think that was a sexual invitation. Does that connect to the clothed man, naked man kind of scenario? Is that something that you that you get into? I do get into that as well. So, but that's different, isn't it? Because it's that's a sexual thing as opposed to what you're talking about is. I could be naked in a non-sexual way. Is that right? Correct. So, you know, for me, it's really hard because like in the nudist community, people are really against like talking about sex because it usually naked and sex are attached. Yeah. And so they want to separate those two. So I understand that. But because I share like just my social nudity side, but my sexual nudity side, 
a lot of nudist groups don't accept me and don't want me to be around because that that confuses that message again. But what you said is exactly right. Like being socially naked, like I could be in a room full of completely clothed people. And if I'm permitted to be naked, I will be naked. And I'm not going to try and hit on anybody any differently than I would be if I was clothed. And I love clothed male, naked male situations where everybody is naked. They're looking at me and they're looking for me to be sexual. So looking for me to jerk off, looking for me to like, you know, pose and take pictures and, you know, things like that. So yeah, it's two different things, but they're along the same line. Yeah, it's such an interesting observation around, I guess, traditional naturism, which is the the non-sexual thing. And you know, you do see quite a, a very hard distinction, or people making a hard distinction between, you know, I'm a naturist, but I'm not interested in porn, and I don't want to see, you know, sexual situations. I just, you know, I find that difficult to to maintain that distinction because I just automatically blend the two, I guess. And I, I think it's different like in the gay queer community as well. Yeah. Because I think, I think those lines are even more blurred in, in that community. Uh, in the straight community, it's like very clear because even as like a gay male naturist, I am banned from going to a lot of nudist events because I am a single male. Right. What, just automatically that disqualifies? Automatically I'm disqualified. They're like, nope, you need to be married or have a significant other that will attend the events with you. And that's just, you know, this idea of the men being a dominant culture and, you know, Uh asserting their given power on those that are less. And I was like, yeah, but I'm gay. Like, I'm not trying to, like, dominate the women of the group. They're like, well, you will make women uncomfortable. Like, your presence as a single male being nude is a power struggle that we don't want to have. Um, and so like, I feel a little bit, you know, isolated for that, but at the same time, I understand like, I don't want my nudity to make others uncomfortable. That's never what I want. No, totally. It, yeah, but I guess it's just, a, that's a different space that doesn't suit somehow, isn't it? Like, you, you, it's just understanding where you fit some. Yeah, weird, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a space not for me and that's okay. Like. I will find spaces that are for me and I will let others have their spaces that are for that. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about how what interests you about public exposure and public nudity is the reaction that you get from people or, or wherever. I was wondering, have there ever been any downsides to that? Any negative reactions, any disasters where it really didn't turn out the way you hoped? In person, it hasn't really happened. So, like, there have been times I've been, like, out hiking in the woods naked and come across other people. Um, and they'll usually just say hi or, like, oh, or something like that. But it's usually a very friendly interaction because not sexual in any way. Um, and so usually even those, like, benign ones are positive to me. Like, it's like passing somebody else who's clothed on the trail. And you say hi or, like, oh, didn't expect to see somebody out here today. It's kind of the same thing. Um, with my exposure fetish, however, I've had like some negative things. So like guys have contacted me trying to blackmail me saying, well, now that I know your name, I've looked you up and now I know where you work and I'm going to tell your boss, this is what you're doing, things like that. And I just respond to them politely, politely say like, this is not my fetish. Like this is a typical kind of dialogue between like a master sub. Oh, right. And that's not my particular fetish. So I'd appreciate it if you find somebody who would be into this kind of conversation. Oh, because you think that's what 
what's triggering that conversation is someone assuming what that sexual dynamic is. Correct. I, I don't think they're actually out to ruin me. I think they're trying to give me the sexual thrill that I'm looking for. Right. And so, like, I've had a couple of those where, you know, they'll just keep on going and I'll just block them. I'll just, uh -huh. and I'm like, I know the consequences of what I do. And that's a risk that I take so that if somebody were to go forward with that, I think that's really unfortunate. It's mean spirited. It's, you know, there are lots of negative things about that. But I realize, like, I'm very public and very out there. And it could have negative impacts for my job, uh, mainly just my job anymore. Like anything else, I'm not too worried about. Um, but that's a, that's that's a consequence I take for a life that I want to live that I don't think is harmful to other people. I, I think it's just being true to myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I guess once you're at peace with the potential consequences in a way, it takes the, the power away from that, doesn't it? It's like, do it, see what happens, I don't care. <laughs> right, and it's not, it's not like a dare thing. There are guys out there like, no. oh yeah, like I'll, I'll screw your life up, no problem. Uh, I mean, I've always struggled with this idea that like most people are sexual beings most people just keep that private. So as long as you keep it private, you can function in our society with pretty much no problem. But as soon as you want to share those parts with you, you are judged for being a different type of person. Mm. And so I, you know, I would love to get to the point where those two things can be the same. So I, you know, I have a very professional career in life. Um, I have a doctoral degree. I'm really, you know, smart according to like, you know, regular, you know, societal standards. But as soon as people find out that like I'm a nudist or that I engage in like open sexual activities like on camera and showing off, somehow that diminishes the intelligence that they would give me for these other things. And I was like, I, I, I think they're mutually exclusive. I think you can be a very intelligent person and be a nudist. You can, you know, be very not intelligent, closed minded and be a super successful conservative person. Yeah, they're not dependent. Exactly. Right. They're yeah. all different. Like people are a conglomeration of things. And just because I want to choose those things that society says should be private to share publicly, that doesn't diminish all the other stuff that I've done. Um, I actually always call it the Bill Cosby problem. Why Bill Cosby? So Bill Cosby did so much for young black men in the United States. Um, he gave so much money to uh, young black men specifically to go to college, to have opportunities that they were otherwise denied uh, based on his fame. And Bill Cosby raped women. And so because Bill Cosby raped women, that makes him a totally bad person. So any of the good things that he's done for others are now diminished somehow by society. But I don't agree. I, I think that he made bad choices and did bad things to women. And he also made good choices to do good things for young black men. And those two things are hard to hold together and say, like, one is so good and beneficial for community, society and things. And one is so bad and negative that we're going to erase all the good. I, I know what you mean. Um, I, I think that's a bit of a complicated analogy. You know, it's a bit like the Michael Jackson analogy saying, can we still like his music? But it, that almost it's a bit of a false equivalence because it sort of suggests that being naked or being you know sexually sex positive is somehow a negative thing that has to be balanced against your normal life per se. Whereas actually it's 
both that's all good whereas someone like Cosby or Michael Jackson you've got objectively questionable behavior or negative behavior that is a different kind of balancing act somehow but I I, I, I get your point <laughs> I, mean, I, I can also see that but I always see it as society views that as, as True. negative it you know there are immoral consequences you know with just that behavior in general so yeah yeah whereas one is unlawful the other one could be unlawful like I've been places I've been naked in places that technically you can't be naked, which technically makes that illegal. So true, true. That no, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> what about what's left on your bucket list in terms of you know public nudity and exposure? Are there anything that you still want to explore? Any sort of fantasies that you're waiting to unlock? What's on your hit list? Um, I have always wanted to do Folsom. Ah, yeah. Yeah. That's just been recently, hasn't it? it? Yeah, it just happened not too long ago. It's just on the other side of the country in a really inconvenient time for my job. But like, I always wanted to go there and, you know, get to the to the venue, the place where you can be naked and just like have a buddy come with me, just strip me buck naked right there and like encourage people to like pose naked with me for photos and basically like, you know, hand out my business card, you know, that says, you know, here's who this person is. You can find him online, you can search him, and now you have a picture with him naked. Um, so that kind of thing. But I've also wanted to like go out and do, I guess it's a little bit of the, the clothed male, naked male thing. But I've always wanted to be like a public speaker that does like conferences, but be like the naked speaker. So like give like a naked TED talk or <laughs> you know, do a naked conference for gay men about like, you know, body modifications or my tattoo or, you know, ways to masturbate or things like that. But not in the traditional sense of, you know, there are a lot of those things that happen in like nudist resorts and things like that, but more like traditional settings where men wouldn't have to be naked or wouldn't have to like engage, but could just enjoy and learn and like kind of have their mind open about what the possibilities could be just by seeing somebody who's like, here, I've done this. I can do this. It's your choice, but you never have to choose to do it. And you can choose the venues in which you want to be naked. Have at it. Like, enjoy your life. Nice. I like it. I like it. Now, if someone was feeling a bit inspired by you and wanted to you know, get naked and explore you know, the world of public exposure, what advice or guidance would you give them? I would always say to go slow and know your limits with the exposure. Like, what are you willing to share and what are you not willing to share? So... For me, for instance, like I am an open book, except I don't involve others in exposure. Ah, okay. I don't involve my family. I don't involve my friends. I don't involve my work. None of those people have consented to helping me with my exposure fetish. Um, so know those limits for yourself. Like, are you going to share your full name? Are you going to share your IDs? Can they be posted publicly? Or is it just like a one-on-one -on -one thing with men you trust? Um, and then know the consequences to whatever you choose. So once you make those limits and once you choose what those things are, they can change over time. You can grow and change. We all can. But really know what the real consequences are and really sit down and can you face them uh, if you're really into the exposure fetish like I am. So like that's the biggest thing. Like Once it's out there on the internet, it's out there on the internet. So recently, two of my friends in the exposure fetish have been outed. So the the one, the boss came and said look, you know, some parent found this picture and you work with children and we just need you to delete everything online within that, like week. Right. And then if we can't find you anymore, then you can keep your job and otherwise you're done. 
And with the way he exposed, he was able to actually do that. Was he? Oh, that's was, good. I was not able to talk to him. Um, or I'm still able to talk to him, but he's not in any of the groups or like anything. Anymore. No. Uh, and then I just found out Nick actually just shared with me uh, somebody else that we both know that exposed um, his, his job caught him and it made the news Ooh. Um, because he was a public employee. So they showed pictures. Obviously, they were blurred on the news, but there were pictures of him like and they said there was a picture of him with like, you know, his private parts and his ID was next to it. Which is classic exposure. Right. And they had to blur all of that out because you can't show that on TV. So all it showed was like the seat of his driver's license. Um, you know, but it made news. His name didn't come out and he was only he he twenty nine days no pay and then returned to work. Right. And again, like you have to know that like those are constant like you I could show up on the news someday with my naked pictures and I'm like Am I doing that in a way that I'm proud of? And right now, my answer is yes. I feel like I'm doing it in a way that's positive, that's not intentionally harming other people, that's just about me enjoying myself and being true to myself. So I can live with that consequence. But if somebody is like, oh, that sounds scary, or what if my family would find out or whatever, like you need to pull back your limits to make sure those things don't happen then if you can't face those consequences. Yeah, because you don't really have control over how that might play out in a way. Even if you think, oh, as long as my family don't find out, you almost have to assume that they will find out because that's how the internet works. Someone is going to find out. Right. And so you, if you're not prepared for that, you've got to step back somehow, don't you? Right. And that happens a lot in the exposure fetish. Like guys like go too far, they always say, and then they have regret and come back. Um, and it's always this like back and forth. And I've just now been involved so long that I don't come back anymore. I, I just like stay out there. Yeah. And even when negative things happen, I'm just like, you know, that that's part of this fetish. I, I, I get enjoyment out of it, but there might be negative consequences that don't provide enjoyment. Am I being my true authentic self in these moments? And if I am being my true authentic self, then I have nothing to be ashamed of or sorry for. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sorry about being naked online. I'm not sorry about masturbating online or people knowing who I am. Like that's just part of my person. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. You can find me on Twitter at GTV London. Today's guest has been Sean McMurtry. You can find him on Twitter at the exposed beta. Stay naked, stay sexy, and we'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs) 